The Morning Struggle podcast is brought to you by Blue Clover Therapy, a mental health counseling practice in Salt Lake City, Utah. Visit www.blueclovertherapy.com for more information. Blue Clover Therapy, because your mental health deserves a specialist. Welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast, where we take habits of successful people and break them down one at a time into history, science, and action plan so you can implement them into your life and build a better you. Stay tuned. I'm sorry, I'm in a bad place this morning. It's okay. Well, I've been in a bad place the last couple days. It's been hard. I've been sad. Yeah, the foot. Yeah, my foot's not healing. Yeah. My ankle's not healing. That's a problem. So we went and got x-rays after five weeks and it looks the same. Right. Like 100% the same. Yeah, which is not what you want to see. Nothing's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sad. So I had myself a good man weep. Good. I actually didn't. I know. I I think you actually should. I know. After all the research I found, you should have a good man weep. But they're not a thing anymore. We have bred it out of society. Was it ever a thing? Oh my gosh. You just wait till we get into the history. And yes. So yes, it was. Anyway. I think men should cry. I'll ch- I, I think so too. Yeah. I think we all should cry. Yeah. But um, yeah, but welcome to the Morning Struggle Podcast. I'm Ty. I am Jesse. And obviously today we're talking about crying. We're talking about crying. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. take habits of successful people, we break them down into history, science, action plan, and then we implement it in our lives. And then we hopefully have you implement them in your lives and yep. we all get together and have a nice big cry. Yep. Just one sad cry. A nice Or a happy fest. cry. Or happy cry. Yep. Yeah. Just tears. Yeah. I'm tears. looking for tears. So anyway, so I, sh- I, I should really sit down and have a nice cry. Yes. I should get out my diary and I should write down some stuff and <laughs> I should have a good cry. Yes, exactly. Because it'll let me move forward instead of pitying myself. It's not pity. You're just struggling. It's not a not a big deal. I know. You just take a minute. And Steve Jobs cried all the time. That's actually where I came up with this. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. He cried well, happy I decided, times. I'm going to decide right times. now. No more self-pity. Okay, I'm back. And <laughs> Look how easy that is. Here I'm we are. Again. Here we are. Right, good. All right, well, hey, thank you everybody for joining us. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we'll give you some enlightenment on the crying issue. Yep. And uh, we'll see what we got. So should we start with history? Let's do it. All right. This day in history. Before we get into man weeping, we yeah. have to get into what tears actually are. Okay. So there's actually three types of tears. Oh. So there's basal tears, there's reflex tears, and emotional tears. Okay. So the lacrimal gland above the eye pours... Lacrimal? Lacrimal. Like a whack-a-mole? Like a lacrimal. You got a little whack-a-mole Like, like cor- ger- geranimals or whatever the pajamas are for the kiddos. <laughs> anyway, the lacrimal gland um, has... It, it releases tears okay. from the top of your eye. That's when you, like, when you blink, then it... It lubricates the outside or the top of the eye, right? Right. So your eyeball doesn't feel like it's on fire. Right. And that's what basal tears are. It essentially lubricates the eye. Okay. Okay. Then reflex tears are formed when you need to like wash away something. You've got allergies and the pollen's in there. You got chemicals in your eyes, something like that. Oh, I see. Right. You got dirt in your eyes. So that that has extra like antibodies to help you fight bacteria. So it just got a, a, it releases larger amount of liquid as well. So it really flushes your eyes. And the third, or what we talk, we're talking about, emotional tears. Right. Tears of an angel. And tears so, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's a And re- are, are those good or bad? Like, or not good or bad. I don't want to label it that way, but like happy tears versus sad tears. Does that matter? It's just nope, emotion. Just an emotional okay. tear. And and so it's just additional hormones that release that, those tears into your, right. in your body. Because it's not, I got something in my eye. It's, I'm feeling an emotional response. 
I'm releasing tears. Gotcha. So anyway, um, and tears have three layers. I didn't know this. What? So there's an inner mucus layer okay. that holds the tear against the eye. Otherwise, it'd just kind of oh. like be spurting out and you'd be like spraying everybody. <laughs> and then there's the watery mi- middle, which is like the thickest part, which is the, you know, like the saline water. Oh, right? yes. And then the outer layer is oily to kind of keep the tear in the teardrop. Oh, no kidding. So the, there's three parts to the tear. And so then that's that's how we develop a, our, our crying. That's actually kind of interesting. The whole problem with keeping the teardrop on your eyeball. It makes sense. Right. I mean, you, you don't want to waste a bunch of your saline water. Right. So yeah, that's how, that's how tears are developed and shed into your eyes. What? So now let's talk about some emotional tears. Let's talk about some emotional tears. All right. So did you know there was a study in Germany in 2009 that found that women weeped on average five times more often and twice as long. Okay. In current society. In current society. That's the thing is I would like to, I wonder if they, do they have any older studies? Yeah. So actually, no, they don't like have an empirical study of crying from like, 2000 or from like you know oh, 1200 or whatever <laughs> but they do have some reference to it okay so let's start in my favorite period ancient greece yeah there we are homer's iliad mm-hmm. the greek army burst into tears unanimously what? no more than three times what yeah so three times the entire the entire army like just everybody just oh now i know that's a fictitious story but it, it really did show that crying was an okay thing during well, the time right, and, and a manly thing. It's written within a story, so yeah. that would be... Zeus would weep tears of blood. Oh, my gosh. You know, the horses of Achilles cried. Like, even horses were crying back then. Oh. So, but... Horses even, do cry, though. It's horses, super sad. Uh, do the horses cry? Christ, horses cry, yeah. Oh, see, we were asking about that. Do animals, animals cry? So horses cry. Horses cry. I don't know about dogs. Oh, I don't know. Or cats or yeah. anything, but I know horses cry. Yeah, so so crying was an okay thing back mm-hmm. then. It actually bled all the way into like medieval Europe. Okay. Um, and so there's a, a French epic called The Song of Roland where the lords of France were weeping bitter tears and 20,000 people fainted in grief and fell. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, 20, and these were the knights, 20,000 knights. Oh. So, could you imagine like 20,000 dudes in medieval armor just like rolling around crumbling. the ground crying? And they probably got over it real fast. And well, and the, well, that's the thing is that like in this society, that would be odd, but in that society, maybe it's a good release of emotion and then they could get back to whatever they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, it makes perfect sense. The same thing in Japanese culture, mm-hmm. um, the tale of Hike. We'll, we'll say it's that. Let's do it. Um, but it was it described the behavior of samurais. Oh. And there was crying throughout this writing. Oh. They cried at like every turn. Oh, and like it makes that. sense. Like you lose your best friend or your brother or whatever it is. You're going to want to cry real quick so you can get back on your sword and kill somebody. Right. If you're, you know, just all pent up, you're probably going to not be very focused. That's a good point. Yep. Knights would cry. Lancelot wept when he just was separated from Guinevere. Oh. And instead of like being like, oh my gosh, get oh. up and fight somebody, Guinevere came to his aid and was and helped him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So When was the last time you cried for me? Cry I cry for you every morning when you leave <laughs> for work. I feel the separation. So so here's here's where it kind of starts going south. Okay. And I'm gonna blame the Scandinavians. I'm gonna blame IKEA for this. Oh my gosh. Don't want, blame oh, IKEA. It's, it's bringing it back to Ikea. Okay. So the Confessions of St. Augustine. Oh no, that, sorry. The Confessions of St. Augustine was a, a Bible one. He cries in that. It, it's the same thing. Right. Um, even men had like hypocritical tears. Like they'd pretend to cry in public, even if they didn't need to cry to like fit in with a crowd. What? Yeah. But here you go. So the medievalist Sif Ricardo Dutter, 
he is Scandinavian. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but it's University of Iceland. Okay. So there's uh, medieval translations and cultural discourse. He wrote this this paper. And there's two medieval epics about a boy who was lost. And there was a Frenchman who falls into self-pity and cries. And the Icelandic counterpart admires the scenery quietly and stoically uh-huh. and plans his next move. So in oh. Iceland, and those dudes were tough back then. Did you know that your like pay on a ship depended on how big of a rock you could lift up? Like, oh. The dude who lifts the, lifts the biggest rock gets Was the most really? money. Yeah, it's crazy. So they were tough. They were tough. They didn't cry. So I'm blaming IKEA, and here it is. Here's why. It's not IKEA. So we start. We okay. go from like little villages, like very close family. Everybody's crying. Everybody's together, but but you have these little little pockets of people, and you depend on each other. Right. Right. And that's why when you like live in a little farm community, you know everybody. Right. But then you take all those farmers and you put them in an apartment building, you don't know anybody's name. Right. Urbanization. Yeah. So we start packing people into small areas and you lose that like kind of cultural grouping, you know, that that clan mentality or that crew mentality or that herd or that tribe mentality. You lose that. Right. And so now you don't have all those emotions start becoming suppressed. You become it's kind of like ant in the ant farm. Because you, know, you don't really know them. You, you don't, don't really, really know care what they're yep. doing. Yeah. Exactly. And so you buy your little apartment that's 200 square feet and you put all your Ikea furniture in there. They were wanting everybody to stop crying. And they said, we're going to make urbanization a thing. We're going to build little tiny couches uh-huh. so everybody can fit in these little tiny spaces. And then everybody will stop crying. See, so Mic drop. I figured is, it out. So is Ikea testing the American population by sending their furniture that's really difficult to put together? To yeah. see if people will cry. Yeah, and that's because that's they don't want you to cry. They don't want you to but cry. But they want to test you. I like That's it. our current day giant rock. It's, if you can get through not. building a bookshelf from Ikea without <laughs> crying, they know they've done their job. That's it. So That is just amazing. Yeah. So there's my history oh my of the man weep yep. and what tears are. Mm-hmm. And after knowing that, I say we start a movement, Cry for Ikea, and then we start like we just really start crying. We to weep show out, them out front. We 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 take that. We back. show those people. Yep. Yeah, we'll have like I like it, like the picket signs, and we'll just be crying outside IKEA. Yeah, like you can't take my tears, things like that. <laughs> Sound good? I'm glad you're giggling this morning because I've had a rough go lately, and the giggling is nice. So, all right. So that's it. We all we have for oh, the history segment. Mm-hmm. Should we get into some science? And you can talk to us more about what happens in our brain yeah, when we cry. Why we should cry? Let's do the science. Okay, here's some science. Let's hear some science. You ready for it? I'm ready. Okay, so why I want you to cry, and this is tears of happiness or joy. These are the emotional. Happiness, tear, or joy, or sadness. Okay. Yeah. So the third tier um, is because it's self-soothing. And I know that kind of comes hand in hand. Like you're like, oh, okay, that totally makes sense. But what they found is that it gives you a higher sense of well-being and like satisfaction and like, oh, life's okay because of the initiation of the parasympathetic response during that time. So when you cry, you initiate a parasympathetic response. Yes. So it's a parasympathetic response. It releases a bunch of endorphins, oxytocin, all of that. And it actually reduces anxiety, depression symptoms, all of that. You just get that, that good cry in. So it's a super helpful coping skill, but it's also very short term. 
Like yes. it's not like, hey, I got drunk and now I'm drunk the rest of the day and I'm I'm I, I feel terrible. It's like I got a good cry. I eliminated that. I'm done. I get to move on. Right. Because okay. then you, we want to carry this parasympathetic response into the next task. Okay. So if you just spend all day locked in your room crying, that's different. Okay. That's a different kind of, and whereas you might still get that parasympathetic response, you'll still get that oxytocin and those endorphin releases at that time. If you're doing that all day long, it, it's not going to work like that ever, all day long. Because it so, comes in waves. Yeah. Like the, so, the magnitude of the parasympathetic, parasympathetic response. Right. And okay. If, I mean, in it, looking at grief, grief is very much like that in waves where you'll be totally fine for a second and then you start crying again, fine for a second and back and forth and back and forth because like your body cannot stay in that state for too long. Okay. So you don't want to linger in that state, but you do want to access that state. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, a really interesting thing was it gets the support of others as long as it's not misused. Oh, like people come to your aid. Yes, because it, it's a, a human tribe kind of situation where if someone's weeping, then it's like, oh, what is happening? And so it, it brings alert to the rest of the people and they come in and assist or get excited with that person. Let's say that they found raspberries. And they're crying, crying and, and joy. And enjoy, right? Then everybody's like, cool, this guy found raspberries. Let's run over. Or like this guy, you know, has his foot in a hole and he broke it. Like, let's all come together and help them out right but if you cry too often it's like crying wolf kind of thing it just yes. desensitizes people to that yeah because then because then people are like well rob's crying again right. like we're just we're gonna stay over here until let's he... go hunt some water buffalo over here <laughs> yes. Rob's crying. right well and and in modern day society if we are crying it invites others to enter that space so like if you're crying at a funeral it invites more people are more likely to cry if you're crying because then it's okay. It suddenly becomes socially acceptable within that realm. And so people can cry with you. And that's where we get like groups of people crying together. Okay. Because everybody's kind of imitating that behavior. The cool thing is it also relieves pain. Crying relieves pain? Yes, it does. So it, it releases those that oxytocin and, and uh, endorphin release that you get with that parasympathetic response. And so your perception of the pain, um, you, you don't think it's as severe that makes as sense, it once yeah. was. Yeah. And so like if you can stay calm and, you know, have a good cry, there's a period after you're crying that you still keep this oxytocin that you'll be able to keep that parasympathetic response that you will be able to have that pain relief. Um, for a longer stint of time, which is... That makes sense why we would feel like we want to cry when we're hurt. That right. makes sense why it's a, an evolutionary, you know, tool for us. Yeah, and well, like with babies too, like when they're getting their teeth and we're like, I don't know what to do. Like crying is actually a pretty good coping skill for them um, oh, because oh. then they can, they can kind of cry it out. They get that oxytocin endorphin release and then that pain um, of the teeth cutting through is not as severe for them. Oh, okay. I like it. So even though that can be just agonizing as a mom to like w listen to them cry. Um, sleep better. Now, again, this this goes piggybacks on a parasympathetic response, but you have a sense of well-being and this thought process of spinning and spinning on these different things and like, oh, I can't stop thinking about stuff. The parasympathetic response specifically reduces thought process like that thought spinning. Okay. So it makes it so your brain can shut off and you can sleep better. That makes sense. I mean, it's yeah. the, that's what the parasympathetic response does, right? Yeah, and it, it, it's a relaxing mechanism in our brain. And then last, it kills bacteria. Wait, wait, wait. wait. It kills bacteria? Yeah, like bad bacteria, good bacteria, both? Um, well, 
so good or bad bacteria. So it kills bad bacteria in your body. Yeah. On your body, in your body. All of it. So what? so it's a, it sanitizes oh. essentially. And it so it kills 90 to 95% of all bacteria. Um, specifically, like you'll have good strains stay, but the bad bacteria are the ones that are trying to attack you in just five to 10 minutes. Like in your eyes and in that And area? wherever those tears hit. So they actually took tears and they were killing off bacteria in this way. And they were even able to neutralize anthrax. What? Yes. So next time you get the post office letter with oh anthrax gosh, in it, don't say just that. have yourself a good cry. Don't like, I saved that. everybody. Saved no bomb squad needed. No hazmat team needed. No, okay. no, but and for real, I mean, I, the, I believe it. The fact that it kills everything off, and it's it's a very unique substance. So in modern times, we don't think of it. We think of it as just water, right? But it's not. It's, it's three layers. It is three layers. Well, and it and it it truly keeps our the infections out of our eyes, and it can be a like if you cry down down your eyes, or if like pollen is a good example, like attacking us mean pollen um it can completely neutralize that in five to ten minute span so that's wow. pretty amazing all right so not only should you cry for the parasympathetic response yep you should cry for the antibodies too yep it's so it's like healthy all around it is it is a good thing to do all around why do we ever get away from it i don't know i, I was can't. trying to think of the last time i had cried it's been a really long time so i think we all need a good cry okay yep. i like it sanitize my eyeballs there you go uh, anything else then for science? Nope, that's it on science. All right, well that was interesting. Let's uh, let's do some coffee review and then let's talk about how we can implement crying into our lives. Crying more effectively. All right, here we go. I drank pots and pots and pots and pots of strong black coffee, trying to keep my sleepy soul awake. But the sleepiness still comes along And when it does, it's fast and strong I end up with a bad case of the shakes Coffee review Coffee review It's just coffee segment, actually yes. I'm not even drinking coffee this morning No, you have green tea I'm drinking green tea And I have passion tea We're, we're, we're tea drinking today We're mixing it up Yeah It is not as good as coffee It is not as effective, I would say And I'll but tell you good. why Tea's good, but it has, what, like maybe 20 milligrams of caffeine per cup of green tea coffee right where a big cup of coffee regular coffee might have 150 which we drink like you know, a lot 200 of 200 if you drink like the big mug kind of thing yeah so we're not really getting the same kind of caffeine boost no nope. and so let's talk about let's talk about some caffeine metabolism oh i would love to hear you want to hear about that. this we're yeah. gonna bring in some science into our into our coffee segment all right so how long we need to want to know how long does caffeine last in the body six hours yeah, exactly. Four to six hours. Oh, yeah, he does that, yeah. right? Yep. yep. And it takes only about 45 minutes for about 99% of that caffeine to absor be absorbed in your body. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's absorbed through your membranes, your organs, you know, like starting at your mouth all the way down to your colon, right? Right. And it lasts about four to six hours. And there's, we have about three levels of sensitivity to caffeine about how fast we, we take in caffeine. Oh. So we take it in, in like how it, how it goes into the bloodstream, what it does to our brain, and then what it does to our body. Okay. So does that make sense? Yeah. So bloodstream, body, brain. Yeah. So caffeine's it, affecting everything. Yeah. So in the, so it goes into our body. Right. Right. And it's absorbed through wherever in the stomach and the small intestine, the large intestine, it's absorbed. And then it's meta and then the, it goes through the liver and okay. then it's broken down into a few molecules. 
theophylline, theobromine, and uh, paraxanthine. Okay. So it's broken in, down into even smaller particles. And these chemicals travel throughout your body and do various functions. Oh. And here's a cool thing. People um, have a, who have a scientific variation of the PDSS2 gene okay. process caffeine more slowly. Oh. Yeah. So how would you even find that out? How would they find... They, when they do like the genome project and they oh, figure out okay. stuff. But that means you need less caffeine to stimulate the same effects because you break it down slower. So, you know, like you don't flood your system with caffeine and then it... It, your half-life is four to six hours, and then it eliminates it, right? Right. You, you process that a lot slower, so your caffeine may last, you know, a little bit longer, or a little bit of caffeine goes a lot longer because it's only throwing a little bit of caffeine out, caffeine particles out in the oh. body at a time. So some people are more actually actually more sensitive than caffeine than others. So, so it can be immediately broken down, but some of the caffeine remains in our blood circulation okay. and makes its way to the brain, so the, the giant caffeine molecule. Okay. And it's similar to adenosine. And adenosine is a neurotransmitter. Okay. And when adenosine attaches to your brain, yeah. you release dopamine. Oh, so that's why we just love coffee so, 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 so much. That, that's right. Um, so it block. Well, actually, so I didn't say that right. So it blocks adenosine. So when adenosine is blocked, that's what produces the dopamine. Right. But you get a stimulant. I'm like, it's a stimulant. So you get, you get a dopamine response. That's that feel-good neurotransmitter that all of a sudden you're like, yes. So it binds to the adenosine, doesn't let the adenosine... Go into the neurotransmitter, the dopamine goes on there. Gotcha. Make, make perfect sense? Yes. All right. Let's go to caffeine's effect on the body now. So it actually, this theophylline relaxes smooth muscles. Oh. Guess what's a smooth muscle? Your colon. colon. Good guess. <laughs> okay. That's why you have to go to the bathroom after you have your big cup of coffee, right? <laughs> It does make sense, yeah. Yeah, but but so then it's also like a vasoconstrictor. Okay. Right? So it caffeine causes initial contracting of the artery walls, but then the metabolite theophylline relaxes that smooth muscle, uh-huh. which opens it up, which increases blood flow to the body. Oh. So that's why you get this kind of weird vasoconstriction, then increased blood flow. So, and uh, caffeine's been shown to have a diuretic effect on the body. Yeah, which so makes sense. So be careful. Which basically causes you to, to pee. Can you um can you get a tolerance to like how does the tolerance pieces work? The tolerance pieces yeah, work. Yeah, so like if like it takes two cups of coffee, whereas it before it took one cup of coffee, and then so does my body react the same, or does it is it like just not used to those molecules in my body, and so therefore it's like oh gosh what's happening versus like if. I've drank a I, lot of I don't coffee. Know. Maybe we can look at that up or someone can, can enlighten us, but it's probably just like any other kind of dopamine releasing drug, like yeah. cocaine or whatever. You start initially and you get a, a very potent response. Right. And then over time, that response is dulled. Right. So right, and yeah. it's probably a similar thing. I'm not sure neurotransmittically. Is that a word? Neurotransmittically? I don't know, but if it isn't. Like we should make it. We did it. But like, but like chemically in your brain, I'm not sure the actual processes of how that works. But, yeah, that's interesting yeah. though. But there you go. So that's what caffeine does to the brain. And we are getting none of that with that green tea. <laughs> so right now. Zero things um, are I'm happening just, right now. I have no dopamine in my brain. I'm cranky. You look so sad. <laughs> I don't feel like crying just because I am just in a bad mood. Just but not crumpy. But very Icelandic. So anyway, get out there and get out there and drink some caffeine under 400 milligrams a day, as we always say. Don't get crazy with it. Ooh, that rhymed. That was like that was be like a slogan. Yeah, there you go. All right. So anyway, that's all I got for coffee review. I love it. Should we get into the action plan? Let's get back into crying. Crying. And let's talk about how to cry more. 
Let's hope you make the most of it, my boy. So I think I know what you're going to say for the action plan. Tell me. You just go rent Marley and Me. <laughs> and you just you just watch it. Yeah. So. That's it. I cried like a baby Done. in that movie. Oh, it was so sad. So sad. It, it, won, it won an Academy Award. Oh, did it? Yeah, the dog got best actor. <laughs> so, you don't remember I, that? You were so salty right now. Like, it's just... So, like all of your comments come off and you're so flat with them that I have to laugh because it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I got my little sarcastic tone going. Yeah, you do. So tell us how we should be crying or when we should be crying or why we should be crying or right. all those, the who, what, when, where, why. So we are trying to elicit an emotional tear moment. So we, we, we'll, well, we'll have basal tears and we'll have reflex tears. Right. We, that's fine. We need some emotional tears. We though. need some emotional tears. So first off, I want you to know how you were feeling and if you need or want to cry. Okay. Like, cause you, do you, do you, do most people typically know like, yeah, I, I need to get a good cry in or do most, most people just like, I'm in just a, so sad or a terrible mood or whatever it is, or I'm super happy well, and they just don't know they need to cry. So I would say that most people don't even know how they feel. Oh. So we got to start at that. Like, how are you actually feeling? And then second, like, if and if you want to cry or if you need to cry or that kind of thing, or what what you actually feel around crying, because like as let's say as a man, if you start crying in the middle of the supermarket, people might go, "Huh, what's going on with this guy?" Yeah, right. but so we want to know what our social constructs are of those things. Like, can you cry in front of your dad? Can you cry in front of your wife? Do you have to be alone when you cry? Like, what are the social contexts of crying? And then how we get more of that. Okay. Because this is actually quite effective. And it's good at at eliciting that parasympathetic response and getting you to release those emotions so that you can move on. And so we have to find a time in which we can cry. Now, a lot of people cry alone. Yeah. It's, so, it's socially kind of not as acceptable these days. But even for women, like I can't remember the last time I cried in front of someone. Maybe you. I like think it's I'd, becoming socially unacceptable for women to cry in public. Like just everyone, because it's like, oh, we're looking for attention. Right. It's like, no, it's just, it's just crying. People, okay. this is normal. So I, I, those are the things I want you to know. Just a basic assessment of your crying and how you feel about crying. When was the last time you cried? When was the last good cry you had? Like, and really understand your idea of crying. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. And then I want you to cry more. I guess it's, I mean, you're, it's That's pretty the close. Plan. Yeah, kind of. Just cry more. No big C- deal. Cry from emotion. So cry from, from sadness and happiness and joy, but really pay attention to what emotions bring. Like some people are joyful criers. Like they can cry on a, on a dime if they're happy about something. Pay attention to that and try to elicit that. Okay, how do we do that? Like, okay. do you watch like a sad movie and then allow yourself to cry? Yes. So you can you can get into kind of even like a meditative state where you're paying attention to like past traumas or past distresses and trying to or a current distress that you're in, and and really let yourself feel that and let yourself cry. Um, it's usually safer, quote unquote, um, to. Uh, watch a sad movie, watch a really joyful movie, something like that. Because those are still kind of socially acceptable. Yes. Like if a movie moves you, you're moved by art, right? Yes. And people are like, oh, it's okay. He's he's just really deep. Right. Or if you just cry looking at a tree, they're like, okay, this guy's too deep. Yeah. Like this is a little crazy. Yeah. So so usually people feel a little safer about crying based on music can be another one. Um, Any type of artwork, that kind of thing. Movies, shows, all of that. Like The Office. Oh my gosh. The last... 
the last episode like i know you cry all the time during the office i know yeah. so all the time I know. but like but if i need a good cry i know the episode i'm gonna go to and i'm gonna watch that episode and i'm gonna cry oh okay so you can kind of know what what triggers you and then yes. go for it right and say okay usually i try to choke back those tears yeah during marley and me i'm gonna yeah. watch that thing and i'm gonna let the waterworks go yep okay and do whatever you need to do like i don't know blackout curtains i don't know just do whatever you got to do to get that good cry in because okay. we're what we're trying to do is get our bodies into this routine of being okay with this and then being able to get those endorphins and oxytocin and whatnot okay and then i want you to try to do whatever the opposite is crying wise for you so like um if you are normally a, a sad crier like you cry at sad movies and such. Uh-huh. I want you to try to joyfully cry at something. Oh, so cry from the other spe- side of the spectrum. Yes. I thought you meant like if you, the opposite of crying was like fighting ninjas. So <laughs> we, if we're, if I'm a no sad fighting crier, ninjas. if I'm no. a sad crier, yeah. then try to cry when I find those raspberries. Yes. Be like that okay. joyous cry. So like just, like the happens. double rainbow guy. Right. Like how much joy is that? Like he, yeah, I don't have that in my life. No, at yeah. all. No, but nobody has that. Yeah. Like that's a, a magical thing. So trying to find that opposite where you're like laughing real, and it can be like, you're laughing so hard. You're crying, um, like a comedy special or like looking through pictures with your family. I don't know what it is, but just something that is the opposite of what your natural cry would be. Okay. So Does that sound give good? that a shot. Yeah. So try to elicit some, some, crying from both sides of the spectrum yeah and i tried to find something on how often you should cry it doesn't look like there's like a a optimal amount of time you should cry or every so often you should cry you should just do it when the emotion moves you okay yeah so so do the the first do the self-assessment yep see how often you cry what you cry to your little crying journal get in there and and assess yeah and then you're going to try to elicit your the ones you already do Right. To try to kind of, kind of like get back in the shape, the crying shape. Yeah. And then you're going to bring it over to a master's level and you're going to do the opposite side of the spectrum. Yes. If you're a joyful crier, you're going to try to be a sad crier once in a while. If you're a sad crier, you're going to try to be a joyful crier once in a while. Yes. Okay. And you're going to do that. You're going to get out there. And with this bucket of tears, you're going to build a better you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>